Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 6-11 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Taxes due now a week from today, April 18th this year. And if you're getting a return, you may be excited to spend it all. Stand now more than ever, you need to understand the importance of saving money. But Grandma said I could use this money to buy whatever I want. Yeah, well, depending on your savings and debt loads, spending your return on whatever you want may not be the wisest path. Here's ABC's Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. Before you spend that refund, I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. So you've completed your return and you're getting a nice refund. Before you plan that trip even just to the mall, heed this advice from ABC News business correspondent Alexis Christophorus. I know it's very tempting to want to take that tax refund and go and splurge on a new TV or a vacation, but at least take part of that refund and start to pay down debt, especially in an environment where we're having rising interest rates. Credit card debt is so high right now. If you can take all or part of that refund and pay down that debt, you're paying yourself off in the end. Even if you don't have debt, she says it's still a good idea to put away at least part of that refund. Beef up your emergency savings. With a possible recession looming, it's more important than ever to have a few months of income set aside. So use that refund to do things like that. We won't tell if you treat yourself to just a little something, though. With today's tax tip, I'm Daria Albinger, ABC News. Tax tips are brought to you by the Neal Group. For less stress with the IRS, visit neilgroup.net, that's N-E-A-L group.net, for a free consultation. I got a $100 check from my grandma, and my dad said I need to put it in the bank so it can grow over the years. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. It was a late-night brewer start for the crew last night in Arizona, and if you did not make it up for the game, newsflash, you did not miss much. After winning five of their last six, Milwaukee went scoreless in the desert Monday night and dropped their third loss of the season to Arizona by a final of 3-0. Zach Gollin got the start for the Diamondbacks, striking out 11 Brewers over seven innings and allowing only three hits to close the door for the offense on Milwaukee. Wade Miley got the start for the Brewers, giving five innings of work and allowing just three earned runs, although the Brewers did put up a zero in the box score. The big question of the night at the plate for the crew was the strike zone, or the lack thereof, from home plate umpire Scott Berry, which left manager Craig Council and his team pretty frustrated. Yeah, look, the umpire's calling strikes. We deal with that every night. He's got, they got to make decisions on balls and strikes that are on the edges every night. And, yeah, when balls on the edges don't go your way, absolutely. it's that's that. The challenge for the hitter is to identify the 18 inches of the plate, and when they feel like they do and they don't get rewarded for it, it's... I mean, it should be frustrating. Frustrating night indeed as the Brewers will look to rebound tonight with Corbin Corbin Burns, excuse me, slated to get the start. First pitch is set for 840. Our coverage begins right here on WTMJ at 805. Over to the NFL where the debate continues on what must be agreed upon for a trade for the four-time MVP and Aaron Rodgers and... Could there be a deal possibly already in place? So there's not a deal done. I just, I think both sides know that it's probably going to happen. It's just figuring out the right price, figuring out the numbers. And it's, you know, when you talk about draft picks, and I believe, unless I'm crazy, but I believe this would only involve draft picks, you could basically agree on a value and then figure out the different picks to go back and forth to get to that value. Um, And so, you know, I think both sides know that at some point they will get there. 
there's just no reason for either to give in yet because nothing has happened and they don't have to. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show on yesterday as the NFL draft, which could loom as a deadline for a trade. That begins on April 27th. The Milwaukee Bucks ended their regular season with the best record in the league, and they will have home court advantage throughout the upcoming playoffs. They begin their postseason run on Sunday, April 16th. Their opponent and the time is yet to be determined. The NBA's playing tournament does begin tonight with Atlanta and Miami, tipping off at 6.30, followed by the Lakers and Timberwolves starting at 9 p.m. Coming up, taking the kids to the ballpark this spring. An outstanding list of things you should consider before you leave the house. That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this. Mama said, Mama said, Mama said. How about the roof being open this weekend at American Family Field? Put away the snowplow and come on out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, roof open Easter Sunday. A lot of families in the ballpark. That's a great way to go to the ball game with the kids. Bullseye! Callie Herbst is founder of Milwaukee with Kids, mkewithkids.com. Another great list up on the website right now. Ten tips for visiting American Family Field with kids. Good morning, Callie. Good morning. How are you? I'm so glad you put this list out because even though my kids are older, I mean, they're they're teenagers, but there's some really good tips on this one. We talked about this on opening day. I love your number one tip Get there early and go to batting practice. When I was a kid, that was the most special time for me. Yes, and the the stadium is like you know not crowded yet, and so any age can kind of run around and get a lay of the land and really take in the stadium. It's I think this is like a very important tip for families with young kids, and it's even more important this year because they're bringing back um, autograph Sundays before the game. Most uh, Sunday home games, you can go down and actually get autographs from players, alumni. So it's really a special time to go uh, right before the game. They still let you run the bases after yeah, the game Sunday, on right? Sunday? Yes. Um, so Sunday Family Fun Day is the day to go this year with family. They do let you run the bases afterwards. We got an awesome GoPro video of one of our family friends running around last year. It's really <laughs> fun. Like, I mean, it really is a, such, a, such a cool experience. But Sunday Family, Sunday Fun Day is like, I think they're doing like a $59 deal where you get four tickets in the outfield, um, plus like four hot dogs or four sodas and like a parking pass for $59. So I think they're really trying to get um, families back to the ballpark this year. No, for sure. And then outside of Sunday still, you mentioned the value menu that's available as well. They've got a lot of deeply discounted items like hot dogs and other things, uh, bowl of, you know, pretty basic nachos, but at least something is in your kid's lap and giving them a chance to eat some because they want to eat at the ballpark. All of those things on the value menu, I think they're four bucks a pop. Yeah. And you know, like kids, who knows if they're going to actually finish what you give them. So <laughs> right. It's really nice <laughs> right. that it's only $4 for the hot dog, you know, $4 for junior nachos. So I'm really, I was really glad to see that, uh, on that 414 value menu is what it's called. And it's all throughout the stadium you can see like the different locations either you know on their website or on our website and i don't know if all teams do this and maybe they do and i'm just I, i'm ignorant to it but i just think it's cool that they let you bring in some stuff like you can bring in a bag of peanuts and you can bring in some items and that way you can save a buck or two and spend it on something else yeah i like that too and it's always a good idea speaking of that to just you know look ahead of time what especially when you're coming with kids you know what what is allowed and what's not. And you're right that they have a, a pretty generous policy in, in terms of that. Um, definitely, you know, like diaper bags and things like that. 
Um, there are also spaces for um, moms to nurse or pump privately if they wish. So these are things you can just check out earlier uh, before you go to the game to make it more convenient for you. Talking with Callie Herbst, mkewithkids.com is where you can find the 10 tips for visiting American Family Field. You also point out the three sections, and, and they're all at various price points as well, that are designated family sections, particularly with the younger ones who perhaps benefit from being away from some of the rowdier fans. Uh, that's, that's a good yeah. choice. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a personal preference, but it is an option. So there are these alcohol-free family sections. There's three of them. Um, which is, you know, great, great if you want to stay away from some of the situations you can get into there. But um, also in the 400 section, we, we list some sections that are good because they are shaded when the roof is open. So if you don't want to go home with like a sunburn and really hot, cranky kids, um, those, it's hot. Those are good options too. It's too hot. That is a pro tip. You, get, you have to think about sun placement. <laughs> right. You have to. Yep. I like that you yep. mentioned also that the Brewers offer your first game certificate. What do you have to do to get that if you got a young one who's taken in his or her first ball game? Yeah, go to the Brewers Guest Relations kiosk. So there's one on the you know Section 116, one in Section 221, 419, whatever. But um, you get a first game certificate, and you also get a pack of baseball cards. So that's just a really special thing to do if it's your first game. I love it all. Go Brewers. Callie Herbst. The website is mkewithkids.com and the list is 10 tips for visiting American Family Field with kids. Thanks so much, Callie. Thanks for having me. At 642, you've been asking for it for the last several days. Eric's been trying to get a musk watch in here. There's, he, there's Twitter news, there's Elon news, there's SpaceX just, news. What is it? Oh, my gosh, it's exploding. Well, I did say people were going to die. Yes, must watch for Tuesday, April 11th. Call it Twitter or call it Titter. See, this is, what? The, this, is what, this is what he does. These are the things that he's interested in now. He wanted to call Twitter Titter just because he knows it gets people worked up. Like, these are just things. <laughs> and people voted on this way back when. Oh, you should call it Titter instead of Twitter. Okay. So he covered the W at the headquarters in San Francisco, so it looked like Titter on the sign. But then the landlord was upset about that, saying, hey, you can't do that. You can't, you know, put a piece of paper or a giant whatever covering over the W. So then he painted the W white. Elon Musk didn't okay. yet his people do that. It'd be great if he's up there on a ladder <laughs> with some spray paint. So so now it says titter, and he thinks that's funny. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> so he's done that. He's changed the uh, the iconic bird logo to the uh, dog from the Dogecoin meme there. That yeah, was people up there. were really bent out of shape yeah. over that. Well, it also made some money. You know, it did change the... Uh, it brought a market value to that. Why? How? Well, because if everyone you can see it, it's talked about. If you bought Dogecoin because you <laughs> saw a picture of a dog on your Twitter feed. The Dogecoin meme earlier this week helped the token add as much as $4 billion to its market value. So then, then they have this. Yeah, that's why it happened. This, <laughs> then well, there's and the if w it did, thing. isn't that bad? Wait, sorry. Eric wants to get back well, no, to Titter. No. <laughs> no, I, no, but it's it's one thing after another right? after another. This is just silly stuff. And, and I don't even think he even knows any. I think he just, he knows that like half the world will explode every time he does something. <laughs> and then here we are. That he actually painted the W. What I'm trying to figure out is why the landlord cared whether or not he covered the W with a... 
some type of shawl. So it wasn't the fact that it said titter. It was the fact that it was like, well, I mean, maybe it just didn't look nice. You know how like a lot of companies or a lot of areas want, you know, you want it to stylistically look look decent. I'm with the landlord on that one. (laughs) So he says he was, um, this was an earlier promise to do the Dogecoin thing with the dog meme. It was also an earlier promise to change the name to titter instead of Twitter. All of this happening as he continues to tweak and modify the site, working people up. I certainly did that. Again. <laughs> I'm really upset about it. <laughs> well, I did say people were going to die. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The NBA playoffs have arrived as the play-in tournament officially gets underway tonight. The Bucs, who finished with the best record in the NBA, they are still waiting to find out who their first-round opponent will be, whoever that shall be. That series will begin on Sunday at Pfizer Forum. The time for that game is yet to be determined. After winning five of their last six games, the Milwaukee Brewers went scoreless in the desert on Monday night and dropped their third loss of the season to Arizona by a final score of 3-0. Zach Allen got the start for the Diamondbacks, striking out 11 Brewers over seven innings to close the door on the offense for the crew. Milwaukee will now look to rebound tonight with Corbin Burns slated to get the start. That first pitch is set for 840. Our coverage begins right here on WTMJ beginning at 8.05. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. As the 2023 NFL season gets closer to beginning, the Green Bay Packers will be looking at rolling out only their third starting quarterback since 1992. Of course, we started with Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and now, presumably, Jordan Love. The stalemate between the Packers and the Jets continues to drag on, and the biggest question has somewhat been answered already. It's not really a matter of if, but rather of when the trade is going to happen. You don't believe me? Just ask General Man- Jets General Manager Joe Douglas. I have to ask you. Aaron Rodgers, what's he coming? He's going to be here. That answers that, and if that's the case for the Packers, the sooner, the better, in my opinion. It's been almost a full month since Rodgers publicly expressed his desire to continue to play in 2023 and to play for the Jets in the Big Apple. At some point, the words value, leverage, and potential, all that we have heard way too much over the past month, have to go out the door. And the best move, or value for that matter, is the positive state of your franchise. What effect could this have on Jordan Love and his growth? How about on the locker room as a whole? A few questions that the Packers probably are asking themselves. But to be to answer frankly, probably not a whole lot of, if any. However, the headlines all offseason long are about the former four-time MVP leaving Green Bay. You can't deny that it could have some lingering impacts on a roster and an organization that is seeing a change it hasn't seen in 18 years. And yes, I get it. You want a maximum return for the league's four-time MVP. He's also going to be 40 years old. And ultimately for the Packers, that time was last season to get your King's ransom. You're not going to get what you could have had a year ago. I don't blame Goody for making that trade a season ago. But now, for me at least, maybe not for you, I'm just ready to move on. The bottom line here, the sooner the better for the Packers and for Jordan Love. Let's be real. At the end of the day, 
That's the most important asset in this whole messy divorce. Remember that spoof on Saturday Night Live on COVID suggesting that now that people are vaxxed or maybe you've had it and built up some immunity, not only is it not as bad anymore, but you actually might want to get it. By simply getting COVID, you're guaranteed a five and sometimes even 10 day vacation from all of life's problems. I needed a break, just some time away from everyone. So my doctor suggested I get COVID and it was the greatest week of my life. <laughs> they show all these, in a lot of cases, women who are tired of dealing with the kids yeah, and the other right. stuff and work and whatever. They're like, I need a COVID break here. Right. Kind of funny. Still know a few people heretofore who have outrun COVID, but we know one fewer person in that category this morning. Two-time sports writer of the year for the Milwaukee <laughs> Journal Sentinel, Lori Nickel, is with us. You covered the COVID Olympics even in China. Lockdown, oh. super vax, super tested. Until a few, a, just a few weeks ago, you never had it? Yeah, I thought I was a unicorn. I thought I couldn't get it. So, But that was so wrong. And... Yeah, I what a joke. What this was no vacation. Oh my god. You had it bad, huh? Oh, I had the brain fog, sore throat, cough, upset stomach, exhausted, lost all taste and smell, oh. had the rash. And then the worst was that I was talking to you 2 weeks ago about the Milwaukee Marathon and all those things and I was ready to do that race and I hung up the phone with you and took the test and was positive and I couldn't even walk up a flight of stairs like the respiratory part of this illness to me was shocking. Like how, de- like it's just cruel. It was terrible for me. Do you still have any lingering effects? Yeah, I still can't really taste or smell anything. And actually, right now, what I'm dealing with is some anxiety. And I, you know, like we've heard people who struggle with anxiety, like during the pandemic, and I was one of those people who really struggled with it. And I've spent the last three years avoiding this. To Vince's point earlier, like, I couldn't go to China if we even got COVID. And I saw people who got sick over there who were quarantined in their room um, strictly for two or three weeks. And I couldn't cover the NBA. I wouldn't have been able to cover the NBA playoffs and the championship run in 2021 if I had gotten it. And then, you know, I've got friends and family around me who, because of other health issues, couldn't get it. So I was just everything I could do. I avoided this as much as possible, um, but somehow I, you know, even I just finally got it. I thought it was gone, and it's not. It's still here. Talking with Lori Nickel, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, sports reporter. So uh, let, let me uh, welcome you to the club because what was it about a year ago, E, that I got it? Yeah, and I, I would had been however many vaxes I could have gotten at the time I had, and I was happy to do that, had no no issues there, and still ended up getting it. I found myself surprised. In fact, I almost wouldn't have tested, but for the fact that I think I was going to be with my mom, who's up there in age. Like I, There was some reason that I said, well, I better just check and make sure. I mean, otherwise, for me, it was mostly mild. That's, that's interesting oh. that you got it bad. Well, and the reason I tested is because the Bucks still take this yeah. seriously. Well, first I wanted to see. I'm like, oh, I won't get it. You know, they're going to write articles about me one day about never getting COVID. No. But <laughs> they're going to write articles about They're going right, to study me. Right. But then, like the Bucks, so there's been a handful of NBA players who had, um, who entered the NBA protocol in December and then like one in February, one in January. Um, 
in the NBA. And the last Milwaukee Buck that I know of who entered the NBA protocols for safety for COVID was Chris Middleton. And that was way back in November, but I was being cautious. So I told the Bucks, Hey, I got COVID, you know, after a week I tested negative. I'm like, I'm fine. And they're like, Oh, are you okay? We'll provide a negative test for us. And so I did that. And I'm like, I'm fine. And they're like, well, hold up before you cover these games at home. Let us have our team doctor call you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So they're still taking this seriously within the league. I stayed away an extra week just to be super careful because my symptoms did come back in a second wave, which, like, again, it was more of this bronchial respiratory thing. So I only took the test kind of – I mean, I don't want to get anybody sick right. anyway. I certainly don't want to hurt this amazing team, you know, or anybody around it. So we want to win another NBA championship here. So you gotta Right. I'm not taking that down. Nope. Could you imagine (laughs) right? If you thought and then like Giannis is out for a series and you thought, I wonder if that was no, you don't want you don't want that baggage. No, I would change my name, move to California. It would just be you would never hear from me again. And no, it would be awful because seriously this respiratory part of it is bad and like I saw John Cougar Mellencamp canceled his thing. Yeah. I'm like, well, is he sick? Maybe he got it. And I don't know. It, I, I have a whole new respect for all of this. So, Well, Lori, you can write an article about me someday. Eric thinks he's never okay. had it. He's never tested I've positive. I've never tested for it. positive. There, when when Vince got it, I was not feeling great. I remember I was struggling with a cold for a couple of weeks and I was complaining about it. Now, I, I did test then. Am I. Like a bunch of times, my right? fa- Yeah, because my family really? were dropping one by one. And my, my family has gotten it. All of them have gotten it at some point or multiple times. <laughs> and every yeah. time I've tested, I've yet to get it. So maybe I'm Superman. But Eric bought his or test from a guy at 35th right. and Capitol. <laughs> yeah. He promised, like, right. <laughs> yeah, you'll never be positive. And he swabbed my ear. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the thing. I've been tested over 150 times. Oh. And I can oh tell, like, I mean... Yeah, and like when they would test us in China too, it was like, all right, you're touching brain matter up there. Like, <laughs> so I can tell you whether or not you took a legit test. And some of these tests, I question um, the accuracy anyway, especially in that first year and a half or so. Now the tests seem better, but who knows? Everything about it's so weird. And I just, I'm so glad I'm done with this now. I'm ready for the playoffs, but I'm glad you guys are okay. And I hope anybody who's dealt with this is okay. I just feel so bad about it. Yeah, Glad you're feeling better and back on the beat. Lori yeah. Nickel, two-time sports writer of the year with the Milwaukee <laughs> Journal Sentinel. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, guys. Take care. Side effects of COVID include having COVID, which is still kind of bad, but doesn't it seem different now?